So over our species, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, it was essential for our survival to do hard things all the freaking time, right? This could be from a big hunt. This could be from moving to summering to wintering grounds. This could be from a tiger lurking in the bushes. And each time we took on one of these challenges, it would show us what our potential was. We would grow as humans. And to live was to be challenged, like epically. That's Michael Easter. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Tuesday. Appreciate you tuning in with me today as we have a brand new feature speaker here today. And I found out about our speaker today because I was in Barnes and Noble with my daughter, as we normally are. And our normal routine or rhythm is to go to data section. So I go to my section, which is typically the health and wellness or self-transformation or personal development section. And then we go to my daughter's section. So I pick up a book and typically I just peruse the aisles and something that I look for something that kind of connects with me. And that particular day I saw this book that kind of popped out had a, uh, an impelling title to it. And I said, oh, let me go pick this up. And the title of that book was called The Comfort Crisis. And I usually don't have much time to actually read. So I usually just look through the table of contents and I said, this looks pretty good. So I put the book down, we left, and I eventually went home, bought the book on Amazon, got the book the next day or two, and I totally immersed myself in that book and got through it in literally a day. I mean, that book was an amazing, amazing read. And so naturally what I do after that is I look for a clip for the show because it's something that I feel like can be really beneficial to hearing his story or hearing the the core message of the book. And I really like the core message of the book because what he encourages us to do is to seek extreme discomfort and to do really, really hard things. And in by doing so, we can reclaim our sense of joy and appreciation for life. So without further ado, here's Michael Easter. Enjoy. Handful of years earlier, I'm sitting at home and my friend Donnie Vincent called. This is Donnie. Now, I first met Donnie when I was writing a story about him for Men's Health Magazine. We went, we went hunting off the grid in Nevada for about five nights. And Donnie, for those of you who don't know, he's this amazing backcountry bow hunter and filmmaker. Okay, so he goes into the world's most remote, dangerous areas for months at a time. And he makes these movies that are like planet Earth. They have hunting, okay? So Donnie goes, hey man, 
going up to the Arctic for more than a month on this extreme backcountry hunt. Do you want to come along? And, you know, before I can say no, he, uh, he starts in on this sales pitch to me. Okay? He goes, it's going to be the most epic adventure a human being could ever go on. <laughs> goes, we're going to fly in there on tiny, dangerous planes. We're going to be hundreds of miles from people. We're going to face whiteout storms. We're going to cross ancient mountain ranges and ford glacial rivers. We're going to see grizzly bears and wolverines and wolves and on and on, right? And, uh, you know, I don't know if it was that I hadn't had lunch or I'd had too much coffee or what was going on, but I find myself agreeing to this proposal. Okay? We get off the phone, I buy gear, and I start training like I am in. So then about a month before we're set to uh, take off on this expedition, Donnie and I meet up. Okay, we're going to get all dialed in, get our gear ready, get all set. And he takes this opportunity to uh, sit me down. He's like, yeah, have a seat. Let's talk, bud. Okay. And he goes, you realize that this is going to be a lot more extreme and dangerous than the Nevada trip, correct? I go, yeah, I, I assume so. How much more extreme and dangerous? And he looks at me and he goes, 20 times. And I go, oh, 20 times. I can handle that. I was afraid you were going to say 50 times. And he pauses. And he goes, well, you know, it could be 50. It could be 70. Oh, geez, it could be 90. But I was in, right? No turning back now. So at that moment, <laughs> my comfort zone was this little blue dot, right? And the Arctic is going to throw me well out of it. This place is going to just hurl me out of my comfort zone, right? Um, but I obviously survived. And something funny happened when I got home. By getting out of my comfort zone, when I got home, I noticed that it had expanded. So when I got home, I was fitter and healthier than I'd ever been, which is great. But I think more importantly, my perspective on life had changed. I was just better across the board. I was less stressed. I was more calm. I had more patience. I was a better husband, I was a better professor, I was a better writer, I was just better, just better. Uh, so, if I told you that, to ask you this, when is the last time that you were truly challenged? Now a little bit of a history lesson, quick 200,000 years in a couple seconds here. <laughs> so over our species, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, it was essential for our survival to do hard things all the freaking time, right? This could be from a big hunt. This could be from moving to summering to wintering grounds. This could be from a tiger lurking in the bushes. And each time we took on one of these challenges, it would show us what our potential was. We would grow as humans. And to live was to be challenged, like epically, all the time, right? But in modern life, if you think about it, suddenly possible to live on and be fine without ever really being challenged, right? Have a decent job, have a home to come home to, you'd have plenty of food, have plenty of water. It seems like a decent life. But you think of human potential as a big, big circle here, right? Well, a lot of people live in this small space right here. That's because life doesn't throw as many challenges at, at us as it used to. Okay, so we never really learn what we're capable of. 
So enter this concept that I learned about in my journey. It was called Masogi. Now there's a tip of the hat to Izanagi, and it recognizes that growth occurs when we throw ourselves out of our comfort zone. So Masogi is a challenge that you choose to take on for the sake of growth. It is circumnavigating this thing right here in order to grow. There's only two rules to Masogi. Rule number one, make it really hard. Rule number two, don't die. (laughs) So rule number one, we define this by saying you should have a true 50-50 shot at finishing whatever challenge you decide to take on. True 50-50 shot. Because nowadays, oftentimes when we take on challenges, we choose things that are well, well, well within our capabilities. We're like 95% sure we're going to finish this thing. So think about how people approach marathons. They don't say, I don't know if I'm going to finish this marathon. They say, I don't know if I'm going to finish this marathon and insert an arbitrary time goal. Right? Number two, don't die. This is rather straightforward. (laughs) This is a tongue-in-cheek way of saying, uh, please be safe. (laughs) Take a cell phone. Take water. Tell a significant other where you're going. (laughs) Right? Now, the person that I learned this from, Uh, His name is Dr. Marcus Elliott, and he's a Harvard-trained MD who pivoted into sports science, and he totally revolutionized the field. Fascinating dude. And he's done wild, far-out Masogi challenges. Like one year, which is pictured here, um, him and a a few people, they walked an 85-pound boulder uh, five miles underneath the Santa Barbara Channel. So one person would dive down, pick up this rock, walk maybe 10 yards, drop it, go up for air, next person, rinse and repeat, right? I've also done ones like pick a peak that you can see in the distance. We'll just see if we can get there in a day. And he's done these with people ranging from uh, dorky writers such as myself to accountants all the way up to literally Super Bowl MVPs. Okay. And so the whole idea is that we were mimicking the challenges that we used to face all the time in our past. They're part of our evolutionary DNA. Now, along the way, this tends to do two things for people. So one is that it shows us that we chronically undersell our potential. So in a well-designed Masogi task with that true 50-50 shot, a person, just like Izanagi, they're going to hit that point where they go, this is my edge. I'm done. I got to quit. No more for me. If you can just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you're going to have this second moment where you can then look back and say, well, wait a minute. I thought my edge was back there, but I'm clearly past it, which raises a more important question you then take into your life, which is where else in my life am I selling myself short? And then the second thing is that it tends to reframe fear for people. So if you think about it in the past, failure used to mean death, right? So we evolved to fear all kinds of failure, but today failure no longer means death. It means that you misspeak while giving a presentation or, you know, you misspell a word in an email to your boss. Yet we still fear that kind of stuff. And so by dancing on this edge of failure, you start to see that failure, like, really isn't a big deal. And you can take that back into your everyday life and that becomes powerful. It's a powerful realization because nothing good in life ever comes with 100% assurance of success, right? Ever. Okay, so... When I talk about this concept, and I've talked about it 
rooms full of doctors and psychiatrists and lawyers. Psychiatrists think I'm crazy. The lawyers say, that's a, that's a big legal case waiting to happen. Uh, <laughs> the initial consensus is that it's kooky. It's weird, right? And to be quite honest, when I first heard about it, I thought the exact same thing. And then I did a little bit of digging. So we used to call these rites of passage. When we had a person who was at point A in their life, we needed to get them to point B, where they were more confident, where they were more competent, where they were a better contributor to the tribe. What would we do? We would send them out into nature to do something really freaking hard, right? And along the way, they would struggle. They would literally burn their old self up in the effort and return to the tribe better able to contribute. Masai did a lion hunt. The Inuits did a seal hunt. And a lot of native, different Native American tribes did um, extended time in the wilderness without many resources. And these, these are just a few random examples, hundreds that occurred throughout different, uh, different small societies we evolved. And one thing that I came upon that was really fascinating to me is that when you look at all the research, it is the people who have no challenges in their life who have, tend to have the worst off mental health. So we tend to think like, oh, challenge, that's going to break a person. No, it's actually the people who have no challenge who have worse off mental health. So, The idea of Masogi is that I am going to reintroduce this metaphorical tiger back into my life, right? And that is going to show me that I am far, 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 far more capable than I ever thought possible. So for me, my time in the Arctic was my Masogi. That was, that was my tiger, right? And I've continued to do a Masogi every single year since. And I can tell you that for me, it has been powerful. It has taught me things about myself that I've learned immediately, been surprised by, but it's also, I know, given me things that are below the surface that I think will come out when I need them most. And so my question to you is, what is going to be your Masogi? What are you going to do to burn your old self up in the effort and come back a better person? Big thanks to Michael Easter for stopping by. And before we jump into all the ways to connect with him, I just wanted to apologize for the possible subpar audio experience. But I did feel that the overall message overcame or overshadowed the, um, the audio experience. So let's get into all the ways to connect with him, which is his website, eastermichael.com. His Instagram is Michael underscore Easter. And the book that I've read and I highly recommend is entitled The Comfort Crisis, Embrace Discomfort to Reclaim Your Wild, Happy, Healthy Self. And I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled Michael Easter Fit Talks presented by Niantic at Sandlot Jacks 20. 20. And there'll be links to everything I just mentioned, along with a link to the entire talk. They will all be in the show description below for you to check out.
All right, that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a challenging rest of your day so that you can feel the joy in overcoming that challenge. And I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.